It's time for the Voice of Reason podcast. Here are your hosts, Sean Phillips, Andy Van Beber, and Travis Kirkendall. And ladies and gentlemen, we are live for us. Maybe not you. That's okay. This is the Voice of Reason podcast. As always, my name is Sean Phillips. I am joined alongside my co-host. I don't. I have no idea why, but that that audio. This this is Andy Van Beber, by the way, for for everyone that's uh, listening. My my co-host. That that sound clip. Just the way that the audio sounded when it hit just reminded me. So much, and I have no idea why. So don't ask me. Of Monty Python and the Holy. Grail. Oh yes, like, it yes. just it just gave me oh, such. A, which, which speaking of which, that if if I was explaining to Tony recently no. what because she's never seen Monty Python. No, oh, is that? And here's the thing, I have no idea if Tony would like it. But oh, one man. thing, so so Tony and I have have different takes on what we find to be like very funny, funny and things right. like stand up or, or comedies. Right. But one thing that I appreciate very much about uh, Tony is she might not like something at the level that I like it when it comes to comedy, mm-hmm. but she, she has grown to appreciate why I care about something <laughs> as much as I care about it. Uh, when it comes to jokes, like one of my favorite comedians, she does not necessarily care for, and that's Anthony Jessen. Like, and, oh, and I love Anthony Jeselnik. He's he's a he he burns people. So I love him. He what what I like about Anthony Jeselnik is that every joke is it is a he is not just a I'm going to make funny noises and be all over the piece. He's okay, so for example, he's not Kevin Hart. If you it, no, like Kevin Hart no. is very animated, very much just he's going to try to make you laugh. Versus Anthony Jeselnik is he deadpan. crafts a joke from start to finish yep. while standing there with the same monotone voice. And yep. delivers his punchlines to precision. Killer. Um, Killer. It's the same with guys like uh, Louis C.K. is is just Louis bar none C. one of the best. Yep. John Mulaney, bar none one mm-hmm. of the greatest of all time at just crafting a joke. And uh, so Monty Python and the Holy Grail, as you know, V, and if you don't know, if you're a listener who hasn't seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail, um, it is the most British humor oh, yeah. um, movie about. King Arthur um, and his Knights of the Round Table that you could ever imagine. (laughs) Um, That come out in the 70s? Yes. Yes. On a budget of less than uh, $500,000. And you you watch it and you can tell it was made for, you would think it was made for less than $100,000 because. They used the same, they they used, every castle shot was the same castle. Mm-hmm. I know so much mindless trivia about this movie that they have. We the, watched it in your classic. Yes, time, we did. Yes, we yes. did in ancient. Yeah. Uh, my kids are. We're just finished. Yeah. We're just finishing up the feudal period, and the kids are wanting to watch. I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. Do they allow? Do they allow you guys to? Uh, yeah, to put we stuff can. On like I mean, that it's just like it just. Oh, but uh, no. Have you ever seen? So have you ever seen the Monty Python dead parrot skit? Yes. Okay, so check this out. I'm gonna turn my. Hold on a second. Alexa, this parrot is dead. No, it isn't. It's just pining for the fjords. <laughs> it's just pining for the fjords. Oh, my um, God. That, uh, we, we discovered that Janine was just looking at something the other day, and she just said, this parrot is dead. And uh, That's <laughs> awesome. So, But no, the, I, I, you know... We were, of course, we were raised on. There's another British comedian, Benny Hill, who used to do yeah. a show, yeah, yeah. and we we watched Benny Hill growing up. And I got, I didn't get into Monty Python until college. I didn't, even, I knew a little bit about Monty Python, but then a girl mm-hmm. I dated in college showed me the. Um, oh, we have to watch this quest for the Holy Grail, and I loved it from the beginning. And I mean, I'm watching it with a group of my friends, and I'm just over there, just guffawing, just laughing my butt off. And they're looking at me like, but that's not, I'm like, are you kidding me? This is comedic like, genius. It's it's genius. so like, it's little things that get me I, like an obvious one. So this is just an obvious one. But again, 
the, like you mentioned, their budget was nothing. They, yeah, they did right. not have a budget. So for those that haven't seen the movie, there's, they don't ride horses uh, really much in this movie oh, as they, as they, as they, as they are moving, they have their squire behind them with uh-huh. a coconut making oh galloping noises as they just <laughs> like the entirety of the movie. Oh my and God. Um, it's little things like that, that just, it, that is one of the most obvious ones, but just the conversations, the, the wittiness of got one of my favorite lines of all time. If any movie ever is in that movie because it's delivered so perfectly. And it's after I, I'm going to hate myself uh, whatever night I, I forget it might be Galahad no it's not Galahad one of the knights goes and he at, he, he kills a bunch of people at a wedding and there's there's <laughs> that's, a uh, line oh, in that in that movie oh, yeah that's Galahad it was Galahad is it Galahad okay yeah it was yes. Galahad and Galahad there's the a brave. line there's a line where the father of the bride <laughs> goes let's not bicker and argue about <laughs> who killed who and that is to this day probably one of my favorite and then but in the build-up there's a scene where he's running towards these two guards and it's again it's it's stupid british humor and so it cuts to the guards it cuts back to him and he's farther back away than he was in the previous shot as he's running and he finally comes up and he stabs and he kills one of the guards and he runs in and then about four seconds later the other guard turns and goes hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> somebody somebody uh, on facebook the other day made a reel of a jedi running through a field and two stormtroopers standing there mm-hmm. and i was like and all the, the only thing was it just was if you know you know and i was like oh brilliant and it's yeah classic that's oh my god that's amazing yeah that um <sighs> i we, we you know we could go for days as, as far yeah, as yeah. Uh, films like monty python and another classic. film that's uh, so good with um expressions like he his newest stuff and maybe it's just because it doesn't connect with today's audiences or he's trying i don't know but you want to talk about a run of a comedian that is for not necessarily people my age there's a lot of people my age that don't appreciate it i would say people a little bit older than me did but anyone younger than me it's hard to to register how good Mike Myers was oh, yeah. from yeah. the eighties into great because in, yeah. into the early two thousands. Yes. Cause he was, he was on the tail. was it the early nineties or tail end of the eighties where he did tail end, SNL t- t- well, eighties into the nineties because eighties. Yeah. Mike Myers did he and he and Dana Carvey together made some of the Dana best. Carvey is also of one of the, the most underrated stuff. underutilized yes. comedians of all time. I mean, Wayne's to me, Wayne's World is still one of my favorite movies. Wayne's World, and then I would I always hoped that Mike Myers would do another uh, Austin Powers movie, just because oh, he was I... that. And that's another one of those movies that I watch, and I watch and I laugh my butt off at, and everybody's like, "This movie's so dumb." I'm like, "Do you not get what you're seeing seeing here?" You know, you see he he's playing you know him and just the the dialogue between him and Fat Bastard and just every oh. oh it's good stuff and yeah it's my, the best my, and and yeah. everything that he did and like and the thing is too because i was a I, like my because of my dad i was a big fan of um james bond movies like the the original yep. you know sean connery yep. style yep. bond films yep. and um the um, how well that austin powers actually embodies the off of that, ridiculousness yeah. yep of those movies that's that's one of the things that uh, is not talked about enough like i really do appreciate daniel craig's yep. bond films i really do they are amazing i he did, he love did daniel great, craig as he bond. did a great he did a great run he did a great but run. i tell you one of the things that and i feel like if my memory doesn't escape me they kind of got away from it like during the pierce brosnan bond area into daniel craig's was like if you watch some of those older bond films they are very funny like they are actually very silly yep yes they as they progressed into the 2000s there's still some witty bits but it's not like what it was back in the day and um and austin powers just does such a good job of embodying 
And you All look at those. those, you look at the names that they had for the women back during the Sean Connery days. Pussy Galore. Pussy Galore and, oh, God, what's up from Octopussy and all. I just like, how do you, <laughs> you couldn't even get away with that today. No. No pussy. So, yeah, yeah, he, uh, that whole, whole era of. Well, I mean, you know. Then, and then in Austin Powers, my name's Ivana. Ivana Humpelot. <laughs> and I want a toilet seat made out of gold, but it's just not in the cards, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and then the fuck you and fuck me. Yeah, yeah, fuck me. That was quick. No, fuck you. Oh, you went all right. You want to smack bottom? I don't care if the notes. Oh, but one man. of my actually, it's actually oh. one of my favorite. And it, it's such a Mike Myers thing, but it's the the second one with Heather Graham, who. Mm-hmm. And, and this is another thing that Austin Powers got right. The Austin Powers girls were on the same level, if not higher, than the Bond girls. Like yeah, you, yes, you have exactly. Oh my god! You gosh, had. Yes. Uh, oh yeah, it, but anywho, but it's one of the funniest lines where um, it's it goes up to Heather Graham as, as she's dancing. He's like, "Those pants are tin." Uh, those pants are skin tight, baby. How does one get in those pants? Buy me a drink. Goes, you start by buying me a drink, drink. and he just <laughs> the <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, so good. now I gotta everything. Go watch. Now I have to go watch them again. Yeah, oh, it is. Uh, yeah, one man. of one of the greatest series of all times, yeah. and yeah. in my opinion, it is not even close. Right. right. So, man, well. Uh, this week, couple it's been a an- week, yeah, a couple anniversaries this week. I don't know if you were aware of. Uh, this week, uh, we celebrate our third come going on our th- we three years ago on. It was three years ago Wednesday. We brought mm-hmm. we made our first podcast, mm-hmm. and so we're a bit behind. We're a little bit well. We're a lot behind on where we should be. We should be done with season three by now, but we're way behind because. Life happens. A little bit of thing called yeah, life. Life yeah, gets in the so, way. Yeah, and so, but at you uh, fast. we're 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 slowly getting there. I think we're on. This is, I believe, this is, is might be episode forty. I don't know how far we where we at. I don't know until I post it. But yeah, so that and then uh, sad one. I I didn't realize it had come out. Snuck up on me was uh, two year anniversary of the invasion of the Ukraine happened. On, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On, uh, yeah I thir- saw that Thursday. Um, Thursday. Couple. Couple. Um, pages that I follow um, were posting some of the original photos of of when the first gate was um, yeah. attacked and bombed I, uh, in I, the Ukraine. And yeah. I had a screenshot. Uh, I had a thing. I was. I remember coming home that day because I took a picture. I posted it on my Snapchat, and I had four. I had four screens going. I I can with the the streaming service I use, I can stream, I can stream a bunch of channels, but I was streaming four different channels at one time watching, you know, just trying to keep up with everything that was going mm-hmm. on from different sources and getting photos that I and images I could. Zelensky said on Saturday, uh, that he released uh, first numbers that he'd released in a long time, but 31,000, I believe what they said, mm-hmm. 30, 31,000 Ukrainians have died since the invasion of, so, and now that's, and now that's becoming, and now that the whole Ukraine thing, we've went from one extreme to the other. Now we're bad mouthing it. I just, it, it makes me. It, it is kind of interesting how the, the narrative has flipped. And I, I, I think for me personally, cause we've, we've talked about it pretty in depth. It's one of those, you know, situations where I feel like I think it was because how much aid we saw being sent to the Ukraine at a time where we have a lot of Americans really hurting um, in a lot of different avenues, I, I think was kind of like the how a lot of the tide started to shift as you had, you know, some of the right wing side that were very uh, pro-Russia seeming in this, you know, whole whole thing where they're like, oh, you know, you're you're. You're talking about all this aid that you could be getting that we should be getting, but look at how much these packages that Biden is sending to the Ukraine, and and then now that's where part of the shift has come as well of, you know, to Israel, well, and um, and the in- interview that uh, oh Tucker Carlson did with Putin last week was was a joke to say the least. I mean, I've not you, finished it yet. I've only is, I'm I'm still on his 
you know, he, history lesson part. Well, and the... Vladimir Putin, when you listen to him talk, I mean, there's so much, there's so much secrecy. He's just shrouded it. You know, he's, he's a mm-hmm. riddle wrapped in an enigma. You know, I mean, he's just, you can't understand him because he's, he's manipulative and he's, mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing, what was the, the quote that he had said in there about how he basically, he basically had said, you know, after World War One, you know, Russia had lost part of Poland, and 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 you know, and it was he basically was saying that the Germans and the Russians were justified in invading Poland at the start of World War Two, and mm. and I'm just like, dude, I don't, you know, I've been I've studied history over half of my life, and that's and I've read a lot of books, a lot of books. World War Two is one of you know, I love studying World War One and World War Two, and Unless you're reading from a different history book than I am, that that's not the way it played out. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, with this election coming up, you know, and I mean, I hate I would hate to see, you know, the all the stuff come up again about how the Russians are involved in our election and meddling and all this other stuff and all that garbage and but I mean, you know that I, I think that Putin likes dealing with Trump more than he does with Biden because I think mm-hmm. because I you know do you I mean do you think that I mean I think that Putin is he 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 gets more play out of Trump than he does with Biden Biden just like 100%. you know I'm not I'm Biden's like I'm not going to give you anything and then Trump is you know mm-hmm. let's make a deal and all this stuff I that and then of course what Saturday Trump destroyed. Trump destroyed Nikki Haley in her home state, mm-hmm. South Carolina, and and after that, I thought I thought for sure last night I would see Nikki Haley give a concession speech, but yet she comes out and she says, I believe I what I caught the news blurb I caught last night was she said something about I don't need to kiss the ring, something mm-hmm. about kissing the ring of the dawn to get you know, I'm just like you're you're now you're now you're at the point now where you if you can't win your own home state you're, you're not, not winning any state you're not winning any state you're all you're doing is burning money I, what do mm-hmm. you what do you what do you and my yeah. my my thoughts are what do you have to prove you have mm-hmm. nothing to prove because he's he's sewed up i mean and this is a guy who's got 91 indictments and he's he's not campaigning like he normally campaigns and he's winning by 20, 30 percent. Mm-hmm. So, and then uh, I thought it was hilarious today. I don't know if you saw today. I, I just, it came up after I got home from church today. It came up on my phone that Trump made, Trump basically spoke to a group of uh, South Carolina conservative black caucus or whatever in South Carolina. And he said that black people could identify with him because of his 91 indictments. And I was like, um, uh, Racist? Racist? Anyone? Anyone? Racism? Anyone? No? no just if you're having race problems off of that for you, son, I got 99 indictments, but Hillary ain't one. one. Hit me. <laughs> no, but those two those two things, I you know, I, I I saw this weekend as, you know, as issues that, that, man, and my wife and I were talking last night just like, what what do you see as the big issue right now? She just said, you know, we are, and this is something we've talked about for three years, and just how divisive we've become as a nation, how we can't have civil discourse, and how we can't do, I mean, just anything, any any little thing divides us anymore, any little thing, um, and you know, this election is going to be. I I still see, you know, we 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 called it last week when we said that, you know. Trump doesn't win this election. There's something definitely broken or something. I mean, I don't see how he's going to win. I don't see how Biden can win this anyway, but you know, people use this even more as a dividing point for us. And <laughs> just, I, I don't know. Do um, Now, in your opinion, do you, how, how uh, likely is it that, uh, in your opinion, do you think Trump makes it to election day with, everything that's stacked against him right now well with all these you know and you know i've talked about this off off camera before about how just all the oddities of 
how fast, you know, we've listened to podcast, other podcasts about this, how fast they're pushing all of this stuff through these. Mm-hmm. Just, it's like at, at breakneck speeds, how these, how these, especially in these democratic states, how with such precision and I guess lack for rights of, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but rights for Donald Trump that he's, they're pushing these cases expeditiously through courts, Mm -hmm. you know, cases that would take on a normal scale, two to three years are being done in what, nine to 10 months, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, the more I look at um, not to interrupt you, what is your uh, stance? And, and you might not know, and maybe, um, getting Alex Ellison on our, uh, lawyer on speed dial that we've got um he might know what are the odds so this this 364 million dollar check that trump is supposed to be cutting yeah um you know what are the odds that a he actually ends up paying any of that um or or is this again more of a ploy is this like will he be able to appeal or i think they've got him dead to rights on that because they they had they that's 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 something from back in the day, and they've got him dead to rights on that. I mean, they've got, I mean, they've got the actual proof on that to say, here it is. We know what you did because here it is right here. We see what you did when you tried to basically under under value was undervalue. I forgot how many properties it was or whatever, but mm. undervalues properties and 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 I he's going to cut that. That check is. If he cuts that check, what three three hundred sixty five million dollars? I mean, even that that's a that's a bind, you know, close to half a billion dollars. That's that's going to be. I mean, that's going to hit him hard. And even if Trump is worth, even if if Trump is worth a billion dollars, you know, it's it's not that it's like a billion liquid. He doesn't just no, have he, yeah, a he, billion he, dollars sitting right, around. Right. Right. I mean, he'd have to liquidate a lot of stuff and. I, I start selling some more tennis shoes, man. God, four hundred dollar, four hundred dollar tennis shoes. I, I was. I wonder I how many of those I'm going to see when I, you know, when I come back home uh, around Thanksgiving time, and you know, I go to the bar and I see some old friends, and I see, you like my my like Trump my, snakes that my I got. Trump snakes, four hundred dollars. Uh, what was ESPN was saying something about the other day? It's like LeVar Burton or not LeVar, LeVar, uh, what's uh, LeVar? Oh, uh, um, Mello, the, the, the uh, not, uh, no, oh, ball, LeVar ball. It's like, yeah. When LeVar, he made his son's big baller brand. Yeah. LeVar, LeVar, it's like LeVar oh. balls. <laughs> I remember, I remember oh, when that man. happened. So that, for those that don't know, there was a, there was a what was that guy's name? Uh, was it Lavar? Is it Lavar? Lamar, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Where he he has three sons, two that were that are, that play in the NBA now. Lamelo. Um, the three yeah. are there's Lamelo, there was Jello, and then there's um, Lajello <laughs> Lamelo, oh, and what's the oldest Le-Angelo, one? Leangelo, Lamelo, and Lonzo. Lonzo. So. Uh, was it Lonzo that was in the NBA first? Yes. yes. And he was like the second overall draft pick yeah. um, and was originally offered like a pretty decent deal by Nike. And his dad advised him not to take the deal with Nike to get his own shoe from Nike and uh, went and created his own shoe brand called the Big Baller Brand. And these were the most K-Swiss looking ass basketball shoes <laughs> on the market was charging four to 500 bucks for a pair. Um, and then, yeah, that, that went by quick. And what they're actually talking about is because Lonzo has actually um, dealt with a lot of injuries with his uh, feet, ankles, knees, you know, his legs over the last couple seasons. And there were some doctors that actually came out and did a piece that talked about how they legitimately think that it was, him wearing those shoes, those shoes. Yep. for the first season yep. actually like legitimately caused like unrepairable damage uh to himself and so it was funny i actually remember when that came out and there was you know he was charging 150 dollars for a t-shirt and i remember i was at ross and was like going through you know just like <laughs> the the clothing aisles and sure as shit i saw a big baller brand shirt 
would have bought it, but it was like an extra small. Uh, but yeah, probably. just man, the mighty have fallen. You, you pass up on a twenty million dollar Nike deal, and yeah, here well, you are. yeah. So Lonzo plays. Lonzo plays for Chicago, and uh, Leangelo and Lamella both play for Charlotte. So. Oh, Leangelo is back in the NBA because I know yes, that he Leangelo was. Leangelo is in the NBA. He was playing Lithuanian ball, um, but he's the he's probably the most built out of all the ball brothers. When you look at him compar- comparatively, mm-hmm. Leangelo Leangelo's built like a football player. I mean, he's just he's yeah. more he's more husk. But, but it's the youngest one, Lamelo. He's the he's the best out of yes, the three. Yes, Lamelo is football. yes by far by far. But uh, no. That uh, and one of the other things I want to bring up too, on a side note too, is man, we 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 did strike a, strike a nerve last week with uh, on our uh, on our uh, TikTok. We had and I hadn't shared this with Sean yet, but we had and I'm I'm actually making I'm bringing up the the uh, to get the actual number here, but we had one we had one uh, video last week. The, let me see what the what it's up to now. And it was it basically dealt with, uh, yeah, eighteen hundred and thirty four views on one video alone. Um, basically talking about how these guys, how Trump and them divide us and everything. But we had over, we had close to three thousand views on all of our videos last week. So, you know, we're getting the hits on TikTok, and but the one the one about uh, uh, let's see, I guess what all was was in this was in this TikTok. But yeah, we got we got a lot of a lot of views and a lot of a lot of discussion. Probably the most discussion we've had on any. And actually, one guy got on there and started talking about the new world order and stuff like that. And then he's like triggered mm. snowflake, and they go back and forth. On, <laughs> I'm just like, eh, okay. So, but uh, no, but uh, yeah, we get a lot of views on that too. So, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, no, the. Uh, other thing I wanted to kind of, and I I kind of kept this from you, Sean, because I wanted I wanted to get your raw response to this. Yeah. But uh, so from the Super Bowl, this is coming back from the Super Bowl. One of the ads that was run was um, a series called uh, "He Gets Us," and mm-hmm. this was the Jesus commercials that uh basically i'm trying to get the the he he, he gets this campaign uh a hundred million dollar advertising campaign that has been basically i'll read this aimed at res- helping rescue jesus reputation from the quote-unquote damage done by his followers they have websites they have billboards they have ads um and but i've seen those ad- i've seen those billboards in los angeles by the way and they you know, it, it, it's it's raised quite a controversy within the evangelical community because of of what it is, what this, how it portrays Jesus. You know, that basically, you know, and some of the things I kind of took a few notes of. One thing that I found it says that people had a problem with. It said that, well, let me describe the commercial first. So it so it shows these different people washing each other's feet, which Jesus did for his disciples. Um, mm-hmm. and it was meant to show Jesus as the humble servant, as someone who, you know, when he got to Peter, Peter said, Hey, you're not going to wash my feet. And he's like, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have any part with me. And he's like, well, don't just wash my feet, wash my whole body. And the point was that Jesus was teaching his disciples a lesson on humility and the, you know, the, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. And this whole thing about, serving others and and being you know part of part of being a follower of christ is the will to you know serve others and and to put others before yourself and 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 then it also it it painted jesus for who you know he was that his whole purpose in coming was to to basically take the sins of the world upon him but one of the things that I found in looking at this, that the, the, the community has, it says, uh, and I'll just read this straight from what I read. It says, the fact that Jesus gets a stripped from the context of his identity is meaningless. You know, that, that he was, you know, the idea was that he was just like us. Okay. Part of the issue that I have, yes, he was, he was human, but I think that these, these, these commercials kind of put into context that they forget who he was as a, 
he was also God, but he was also he was man, but he was also God. And in in these commercials, he's he's painted as an example and not as a savior. And that that to me is where I got is like, okay, so we're going to accept we're going to accept all of this stuff that they're doing as as acceptable. All you know, like the the you know washing the you know washing the drug addict's feet and the person from the abortion clinic and then all it. I get that. I get the message mm-hmm. that they're trying to say is like you know what, instead of casting blame and casting shade on these people, let's love these people. I get that part. Mm-hmm. But I think that the emphasis that the Christian community is really having is is that they're that they're that they're painting this as a picture that Jesus is not that we don't need saving that we don't need. And I, and it's, I call it the, I call it the socially acceptable Jesus and religion isn't. And that's a problem that I have people, you know, I'm offended by, you know, we live in that society now where I'm offended. I'm offended. I'm offended. Well, religion is one of those things that shouldn't be socially acceptable. You know, we're, we're not here. We're not here to, please other people i i don't know i i don't know if i'm just and the the other thing that offended me too was that offended me with this campaign was is that followers like myself have it all wrong you know that the way i've been doing it you know that you know i'm gonna i'm gonna call you know the thing that i go with when and even I have disagreements with my wife on certain issues. But when I look at issues such as homosexuality, gender identity, sanctity of life, you know, I look at, I, I go with what the Bible says. I base everything I believe on the Bible. Now, does that mean that I can't, if, and we've had, we've had, we've had, we've had, uh, gender fluid people on the show before we've had, and we, and, and I've had students who I, you know, identify as different things, and I love those kids. I love those kids. I love those people, and and it's part of this thing that people, well, you're really, you're being a hypocrite. You're not doing what you. No, if I love you, I love you, and I don't. I'm not. It's not my job to judge. I'm never. I'm. I. You know. It's like, hey. That you know the, the the body is supposed to be the temple. I've I've done temple desecration because I've let my temple get over get to three hundred and fifty pounds. So I'm not in any position to judge anybody else. But at the same time, I recognize my own sin and my own problems, and I recognize that I'm in need of a savior, and the world's in need of a savior. And big time. And we just we we have to call we have to call a duck a duck. You know what I'm saying? But. I don't know. Am I off base with this? Do you think, or am I a little? No, I mean, and, and 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 you know, you and I again, we've talked about you know different views that we kind of have on religion and our interpretation and what we kind of see, you know, fit. But I, um, when it comes to, I saw a post, um, and I, I'm not even, I'm not even going to try to quote it, but it was along the lines of like you know as religious individuals christians specifically and it was just referring to christians and i I can't speak on people that are uh jewish i can't speak on people that are muslim i can't speak on any other religion out there people that are hindu you know whatever it might be but in Western civilization, it seems that it seems to be that it is Christians who have to bend the knee mm-hmm. to oh, adapt yes. and for things for for them to not receive ridicule. Like we talk about like people in Western civilization don't agree with Sharia law. Like it's not okay. No. But for example, you take a I'm just, God, I I don't want to sound like this person because I don't like the word canceled or cancel culture. But for example, let's take, let's say you're a budding comedian, right? And you're trying to make it and you, you want to be on SNL. That's your goal is to be on SNL. 
and you have a you have a solid five minutes that is jokes about Muslims. And then you have another, you know, five minutes that's jokes about Jewish people. And then you have five minutes that is you roasting people that are Christian. That 10 minutes of you making Muslim jokes, that 10 minutes of you making Jewish jokes are going to keep you from getting that SNL job. Those five minutes of Christian jokes, no one's going to care about. People always say, you know, what what do they say? You, you, You can't punch up. You know, you can't punch up when it comes to making fun of things. You know, if if you are, you know, if you're a Christian, you know, you guys have run the world for X amount of time and blah, 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 you know, but here's the thing. When you look at when you look at the United States or Western civilization, you, you, you hop the pond and you go to Europe. It is fundamentally it is Christians that have to bend the knee to yeah. their religions and their practice as to what is deemed socially acceptable. Because here's the thing, like, for let's just say, like, you, you take you, you take a, pra- a actively practicing uh, Muslims ideology, let's say, take their their stance on homosexuality, and same sex marriage. And then that is always hush hushed when it, you know, when it comes to, oh, we should what we should or shouldn't allow or what's deemed deemed like here's the thing god damn this happens all the time in in the united states it always just seems to be an issue when people bake cakes for for whatever reason there have been more than one cases about a a baker who refuses to bake a cake for a same-sex marriage it's always it's always you know it comes down to christianity you want to know what you never hear because they don't fucking ask them in the first place you don't hear gay couples complaining about a muslim bakery not making, um, they don't you know, work. making them a way to cake. Because I guarantee you that gay couple didn't fucking go to the Muslim bakery. <laughs> they don't They don't get their head chopped off, right? They said, we don't, <laughs> I already fucking know what the answer is going to be there. Right. So I don't need to go. So it's that level of hypocrisy that's like, look, call it, call it what you want. Like, and, and me as a Christian, I could care less, like, I, you are no one is going to hurt my feelings on my religion. I I know what I believe. I practice how I practice. I right. enjoy going to church when I can find a good church. Um, but here's the thing: like, you're not going to hurt my feelings. But for some reason, people will try to make it a point. They will make it a point. Like when you hear when you when you see people, and again, and I'll and I'll like I'll be the first one to tell you there are times where where Christians fucking paint the target on their back too it's like right again you go you go to college universities you don't see very often uh i don't you don't see a muslim man walking around saying you all are damned to hell you're whatever it's you know you you were gonna run it's it's both sides yeah hey you don't see that it's it's always this christian it's some westboro baptist church motherfucker that is out running his mouth and they're doing and they're, this, that, or the other. It's so and, I, um, I agree with it because I believe that there is a there's it's both sides to blame because yes. this campaign to me is basically characterizing this whatever you want to call it culture war in terms of I don't know social justice rather than looking at our differences. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not looking at okay. Instead of just saying Christians don't and, and going with Christians don't believe in this. Christians mm-hmm. don't, like you said, the, the, the baker who, okay, you know, I, I haven't DJed a gay wedding before. Would mm-hmm. I? Probably not. Would I, you know, would it probably end me as a DJ? More than likely it probably would. Um, but you know, at the same time, you know, if, if I'm happy for the couple, hey, you know what? Shout out to you for finding love where I don't agree with it. I don't support it, but that doesn't mean that I don't, hey, good for you or whatever. But blackballing Christians for their belief system is like, you, like you said, you don't do that to Muslims. You don't do that to Hindu. You don't do that to, I mean, Hindus have been, you know, oh, you know, I was watching some Gabriel Iglesias on the way home from church today and 
you know, he was talking about how, you know, Indians and Mexicans are alike, you know, he's like, Hindus worship cows and Mexicans love a good barbecue, you know, nobody's getting canceled over that, you know, Yeah. but to me, it's like you said, the Westboro Baptist churches, the guys who are going out and they are, they're picking fights. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know. I, I want people to know me as, and one of the things that I've actually, and this is actually part of a, a, a series that I've been reading about through my, I, I have a couple of former students who I do Bible studies with online. And we, we were doing this one this week about being known by what you, how you act, the, the characteristics you, you portray, you know, if I come, I, I mean, Sean knows, and I know Sean that, and we've done this for each other before where we, we've helped each other to drop of a hat. You know, when Sean was moving to California, and I'm not saying this to be braggadocious by any means, but man, and Sean's like, man, I need help moving this stuff back to mom. I was like, tell me where you want to meet mm-hmm. at and I'll be there with the trailer, mm-hmm. you know, because I do that for, for my friends, for anybody. If somebody says, Hey, I need help with this. And I, you know, I may know them or I'm acquainted with them or, okay, well, let's help get some money for them or let's do, that's just, that's how, you know, I'm looking to help out somebody. If somebody in our community was Muslim and they had a, a family tragedy, man, I'm the first in line to bake them, bake them a cake or meal or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that, that's who you're supposed to be. We're so, and yeah. we had this conversation two weeks ago on here. We've lost the idea of being kind to each other, recognizing our differences and looking past that. This whole, the, and this thing that, that bothers me about that he gets us is okay. Well, we need to now be kind and nice about Christianity. No, that's just going to be that's going to be a that's going to be a difference point, okay? Because when you try to make God into something that He's not, you're taking a you're taking a a a a a, a Christian. You know, uh, you're taking a theology of of who Jesus was, of who God was, and you're turning into something that He's not. And making the Bible say things that it doesn't say, which, by the way, Christians do that too. You mm-hmm. know, we oh, hundred percent. Our pastor Paul spoke about. I mean, he, he, you know, he did a video presentation this morning about a couple of different preachers who were just straight up, you know, blasphemous. Mm-hmm. You know, you get your you get your your Joel Olsteins, who all they all they preach is wealth and prosperity stuff and all this garbage. And, you know, and he's got, I don't know what his, per, I, I bet you Joel Olstein's probably in the $100 million to $200 million net. Makes me sick. And he, you know, you've got him, you've got these Kenneth Copeland, you've got these, all these guys who are just, they're crooks. They're crooks. Mm-hmm. And they make the Bible say things that they don't, they don't want to say. And so this, this campaign of my, you know, is, is, you know, doing the same thing only in reverse. You know, it's 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 making God be more. Whereas some of these pastors make Christianity out to be socially reprehensible because of their actions. You have this this campaign that makes Jesus try to be more social friendly, which mm-hmm. it, it wasn't. It he you know, yeah. Jesus hung Jesus hung out with the hookers and the prostitutes and the and the dregs of society, but he was bringing a message to him that hey, you you know. I'll meet you where you're at. That's the message of Jesus. I'll meet you where you're at and we'll work on it. You don't have to be perfect tomorrow. You don't have to, we're going to work through this. Yeah. You have to realize that what you're, you're the path that you're taking is wrong and yeah. it's going to lead you down a dark path and to a place that, you know, yeah, he'll meet, you know, he'll meet the, the woman who's, who's had the abortion. He will meet that woman and he will <laughs> love on that woman and he will, he will he will meet that woman where she's at in her pain and her sorrow and her anger, and he won't judge her. He won't judge her for mm-hmm. what she's done, but he'll recognize. He you know he wants her to recognize. Hey, maybe you need to make it make some changes, and but we're gonna love you through that. You know, right? And I I don't know. I I, I get tired of people who who bad. You know, I. And I'm sure when I put our TikToks out about this this week, this will probably light us up <laughs> like a Christmas tree. But because right. there are those people who who see, you know, and I, and I'll say this because you're you grew up as a preacher's kid too. Mm-hmm. We've seen you and I. I not knowing. I mean, you and I have shared a lot about our growing up. But I mean, we've seen people who have been 
blasted by the church. Oh, yeah. Who have straight up been ripped to shreds, burned, and by re- quote unquote religious people. Mm-hmm. And and if if that's what takes you away from church, I, I first of all, as a as a Christian, I want to apologize to you. I want to apologize to you as a person, because that's not representative of who we all are. You know, part of the reason why I drive forty, I drive forty five minutes to church to a church up in Quincy, Columbus Road Church. And I drive 45 minutes because I wanted to, you know, and Sean can identify with, he's, because he grew up in this area too. We have churches in this area that is within our community that have, you know, have had a past and they're making amends to try to make it better now. But I mean, have had a past of ripping people to shreds. And I wanted to get away from all that. I wanted to get someplace where people just see me as, hey, not Van Beber, the teacher at Clopton is, Mm -hmm. here's Andy. Here's another fellow servant of Christ who's trying to make the world a better place. Not, yeah. oh, you know, we're going to... And the church I go to now does a lot to try to reach out to their community. Have, you know, have festivals, have little, you know, little... They had a, like a thing this last weekend, like a like a carnival for the kids. It was called Snowden. We do every year. And, you know, just kids come in and play games and have food and just talk with people in the the community. And I mean, I haven't gotten the statute as to how many people come in, but I mean, that's what it's about, you know? And yeah. I don't know, I ramble about this stuff, but it's, it, it, it frustrated me to say the least. It just, it frustrated me that, you know, I mean, the whole, he, the thing that I'm worried about with he gets us is mm-hmm. it could lead somebody farther away from the truth and toward it. And, and of course that may offend, that, that may offend some people when I say that too, but that's not what it's about. So anyway, I, I rambled, but what, any, what else do you think? I mean, that I missed there. No, it's, um, I mean, I, well, it's funny. I actually, there was, um, I saw a post recently. Um, there's like a children's book. It's called like the baptism of Jesus. Yes. I saw it. uh, I saw it. Yeah. I saw by uh, the Catherine Sully of I, I have to come to the river today to wash wash my away sins my away. sins. I was like, well, um, hmm. well, that yeah. pretty much so, defeats the whole purpose of who Jesus was in the first place that he didn't have any sin, but hey, who knows? Yeah. So I mean, uh, we it's the idea of you know adjusting. Making Jesus politically uh, correct. Yeah, just adjusting it to you know tailor in and make your needs is, is not the answer. It's it's meant Christianity is meant for you to think. It is meant for you to question. It is meant for you to ponder. It is meant for you to have to seek and believe and research. These. Yeah. There you go. Well yeah that's Excuse me. crazy that's a great um, place. Let the demons out. Um <laughs> but no and and so to adjust it just because it makes you comfortable or you think it's going to make other comfortable. It's, it's okay to, to find discomfort in finding comfort. And um, I just think that, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those, you want to lead people to water, but you, you don't want to wade them through shit to get there. Well, and I've told, I, what I teach in my ancient civilization class and we teach, we cover the, the big five religions, Judaism, Hinduism, Islam, Christianity and Buddhism. And the the common thing that you can say for every religion, every religion wants to answer the big three questions. Where do we come from? Why are we here? Where do we go when we die? And every religion goes about that. And if, like you said, if religion doesn't, and it doesn't matter if you're, I mean, there's people who convert to Judaism. There's people who convert to Islam and you read their yeah. story and part of their journey is going to be uncomfortable and it requires sacrifice. If you, if you, if you convert to Hinduism, you're pretty much dedicating your life to vegan, you know, not eating, you know, if you convert to Islam, you know, no, you know, praying five times a day, making the, making the Hajj to um, Mecca at least once in your life, uh, Fasting during the daylight hours of Ramadan, 
you know, mm -hmm. there's sacrifice involved with it. There's going to be some discomfort. And, you know, the, and what, and what Muhammad taught through the Quran, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm putting this in a different perspective other than Christianity. Mm -hmm. There's going there because people don't mess with me. Go back to what you said earlier about people don't mess with Muslims because I think people are more, the followers of Islam, I think are more devoted to their, their faith than members of, and I'm not talking about the radicals, not, I'm not talking mm -hmm. about terrorists. I'm mm -hmm. talking about straight line Muslims, I think are more conscientious and devoted to their faith than some Christians are to Christianity. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And it's, it's based upon, they, th there's no, there's no wiggle room in Islam. There's no mm -hmm. wiggle room in Islam. You know, example, you do not make any, I remember when this, back in the, it was in the early 2000s, a Dutch um, artist made a political cartoon of Muhammad with a bomb mm. turban on his yep. head. Yep. They flat out lost their minds because you don't do any kind of artwork that portrays God or Muhammad, Allah or mm -hmm. Muhammad. And they lost their mind. There's no wiggle room. But like you said earlier, you know, with Christians, hey, we're, you know, we, we do our five minute set on Christians and Christians. It's, I don't know. It's, it's an unfair double standard, I think. And people could argue with me the other way that, well, Christians have a double standard. It's, you know, it's another one of those things that divide us, but it shouldn't divide us. And it makes me mm -hmm. upset as a Christian that it has divided us. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm off my soapbox. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. Let me get this out of the <laughs> way. Let me get this out of the way. There we go. Okay. There got you that, go. Got you that get out one. Of the way. You get one each show. Yep. Well, um, to our listeners, uh, you know, thank you um, for this was a pretty off the cusp kind of relaxed fit um, episode um, with everything that's going on. I it's been a crazy week for me. Yep. Um, I know it's it's been a, a crazy week for me and probably plenty of you as well. Um, but as we kind of gear up um, and and shuffle forward into next week, thankfully there's a little bit more organization, and we'll come at you guys with a great show um, that we'll we'll get lined up and mopped out. And uh, be a friend, tell a friend. Make sure you guys catch us wherever you catch your podcast. And I look forward to talking to you guys next week. We'll see you. Thank you for listening to the Voice of Reason podcast. Be sure to check out our other content on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. <laughs>